Marcus Paul in the morning. Give Marcus a call. 13 12 69. Mark Latham from One Nation New South Wales joins us each and every Friday. G'day, Mark. How are you, mate? Good, Marcus. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Nearly 12 million Australians this morning are currently in lockdown. How did it get to this? Well, it got to this um, at the origin of the virus spreading, that uh, you had a listener there saying that the transport driver from Mascot Airport should be charged. Well, you can't charge people unless they've broken a law. Exactly. And the sad reality is that the state government foolishly had no laws in place requiring vaccinated drivers. Um, There was no clear mandate for mask or PPE. So the fellow obviously was lax, but he wasn't breaking any law. And the ultimate responsibility here falls with the state government and the health minister. We've got all these highly paid so-called experts in place, but they didn't have uh, the brains between them to say, well, look, these drivers who are taking infected air crews to hotel quarantine have got to be vaccinated. So it's quite unbelievable that this loophole, this oversight, uh, starting with one person, has closed down 12 million Australians, effectively half the country, uh, most of the economy, huge social, emotional and economic damage. The New South Wales Premier has insisted the rules on essential workers are, quote, very clear, unquote. But she's also admitted they are open to interpretation. I don't understand that. Look, I'm university educated. I have a a fair understanding of public policy, but this is a failure. How can we have a leader of the biggest jurisdiction in this country saying, well, look, make your own mind up, uh, use your own judgments, use your common sense, because I'm not going to pony up and tell you what I consider as an essential worker or not? Well, Marcus, it's as clear as mud, because my understanding (laughs) is that if your employer decides that you're essential, well, you are. So there's no government list of essential industries and workplaces. It's up to the individual employer. And if there's an employer running a shoe shop or um, uh, ice cream parlour or whatever they want to run, Mm. if they decide the workers are essential, apparently that's good enough. So if you feel essential, you can be. It's uh, it's the vibe that counts, which is obviously hopeless. Uh, We saw images earlier this week at State Parliament House of a person doing the paving out the front of Macquarie Street. How's that essential? That. We got an email yes. yesterday that they're filming some new movie inside of Parliament House next week uh, called The Prime Minister's Daughter. How, how's that essential activity? So these things right at the core of government in New South Wales Parliament Houses, you know, the people in there yesterday um, uh, assembling tables. How's that essential? I mean, uh, the lack of clear guidance from the state government basically means it's a lottery. And it's a dangerous lottery because we had the farce of someone coming out of southwest Sydney, a painter who went down to paint Goulburn Hospital, yeah. uh, who was infected, and, and that was high risk for, for Goulburn, taking the virus outside of Sydney. Well, it doesn't really matter if Goulburn Hospital is painted at the moment. It's what's happening inside the hospital that matters rather than a coat of paint on the outside. So, you know, this lack of definition is a disgrace. And Gladys Berejiklian, she's not a very good manager, when she can't even set out clear guidelines for what constitutes an essential worker. I've spoken to a number of uh, local MPs out in the southwest, uh, uh, Guy Zangari and others, uh, Frank Carboni, the mayor of Fairfield. They were uh, absolutely livid 
Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. They were caught unawares. The state government announced it, obviously, because Fairfield was a an extreme hot spot that essential workers, Mark, whatever they are, would need to be tested, you know, twice a week if they were moving in and out of that local government area. Of course, that led to panic, and we saw massive, massive Carmageddon, we called it, uh, lineups at testing facilities which weren't fit for purpose, given the announcement that was made by the state government. Uh, people lining up for nearly six hours to get a COVID jab just so they could go to work. I would have thought, and one of the biggest um, issues that the, the local governments had there was the fact that they weren't consulted by New South Wales Health. No, they were just told about it. Uh, they found out about it. The local MPs found out about it at the 11 o'clock press conference. And, and they knew straight away this would lead to chaos. And of course it did. Uh, Marcus, I think one of the problems here is that Gladys Berejiklian, Brad Hazard and Kerry Chan have been doing these roles for 18 months now. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it's a high-pressure responsibility. I'm well, sure they're working is. long hours. Yeah. But they've lost all judgment and ability to anticipate problems. Because if you put in place an order in Fairfield where most of the people who've got jobs have got to work outside the Fairfield local government area, if you say to them, you've got to be COVID-tested before you can go to work, well, of course, that very night... There's going to be panic. Uh, there was a lack of testing stations. Um, uh, the decision makers didn't put in place an extra six or seven pop-up testing stations to accommodate the incredible demand for people to get a test because of this new rule. There was no traffic management. There were traffic scenes, uh, if you know Fairfield, having traffic oh, lined yeah. up and down the Cumberland Highway mm -hmm. is not only crazy, it's dangerous. Yeah. So none of these problems, which were so obvious, all our listeners now... If you'd heard this, you would have anticipated, and if they'd even spoke to the local members of parliament, all these problems would have been anticipated. But the decision-makers aren't doing this now, and I think they need some fresh eyes as part of this team to troubleshoot problems because uh, they're losing judgment. Well, that's right. Um, I mean, we've got people at Resilience New South Wales, for goodness sake, who, uh, I don't know, what are they sitting in offices collecting dust, not doing much? I would have thought this would be a job for people like Shane Fitzsimmons and others. Uh, who uh, you know are really good crisis management people? Obviously, Shane Fitzsimmons is is very good at managing crises. So why wouldn't yeah, he bring be him in? I think that's a, that's a really good idea. He's obviously paid a um, a, a good stipend, and uh, that's his job to yeah. manage emergency situations. And they certainly created an emergency in Fairfield. At the end of the day, it was cruel and unusual punishment. You know, people sitting out in their cars in the middle of winter, they're probably getting sicker. Mm. from that environment and the virus itself. So it was a complete disaster, totally unfair on Fairfield. At one stage earlier, they called in the police. By the end of it, the police were acting as traffic wardens to just try and manage the chaos. So, um, yeah, bring in um, resilience New South Wales to troubleshoot these problems because, unfortunately, the health system and the decision-makers are not anticipating the obvious. Yeah. All right. Now, one other issue I wanted to uh, uh, briefly touch on this morning. Uh, there was a story yesterday in relation to Indigenous affairs in the Daily Telegraph. I don't have the full details here. Um, it, special Indigenous cultural annual leave entitlement. That's what the story was all about. Uh, uh, what's the problem with this? Well, it's creating two sets of rules. Like yeah. Nobody likes discrimination. And I don't see how with these allegations of racism against Indigenous. I don't see how companies like KPMG or Origin Energy or the Western Sydney University, I don't see how they solve that problem by creating a form of reverse racism, whereby you're Indigenous 
you get extra annual leave entitlements for cultural events and everyone else misses out. And what about what have happened to multiculturalism? What have happened to saying all the migrants who've come to Australia over the years, um, they've got proud cultural heritage. They don't get any of these leave entitlements. It's mm. Indigenous only. It builds up division and resentment in the workplace. I think, Marcus, this, this sort of approach is counterproductive at the end of the day for the Indigenous. You don't want Indigenous people being resented in the workplace because they've got an entitlement unfairly imposed by the bosses that nobody else has got. Yep, no, fair enough. I'll just finish on this, um, and I think it sums up our earlier conversation on what's going on in Sydney. It's from a listener called Muhammad. Essential worker is the subject, Mark. He says, Marcus and Mark, I'm a 40-year-old casual worker working on a production line. As you can appreciate, the remuneration from a menial labouring job isn't high. My employment supports my wife and kids. My job is essential because I can't do it from home. My job is essential because if I don't turn up to work, I don't get paid. My job is essential because I rely on that pay to put food on the table. My job is so essential that I would rather die with COVID than be unable to support my wife and kids. I mean, that's where people are. That's the mindset at the moment. It's scary, Mark. Yeah, it's a passionate outline. And, you know, Mohammed makes very good points. And, and, and certainly construction and mining has been allowed to continue. So they've got to be defined as essential health and transport. Food, if Mohammed's on a production line producing food, of course, that's essential. So these things aren't hard to work out. And for Gladys Berejiklian to leave it as a blank check just creates confusion, um, dismay, and at the end of the day, um, some of the health problems like we saw in Goulburn. Yep. Good to chat to you, mate. Look after yourself. We'll talk next week. OK, all the best. Thank you. You too. There he is, One Nation's Mark Latham. Wake up! All the news you need. Marcus Paul in the morning.